Hi, I'm Vanessa Anderson. And I'm Stephanie Cooley. It's time to give ourselves a moment to be real, to express all of motherhood. Mothering is beautiful. It's wonderful. And you know what? It's fucked up, too. Come hang out with us. We're the real motherfuckers. Welcome to Real Motherfuckers. <laughs> with our cat cups. With our little pussy cups. <laughs> you know? Pussy touching it's, pussy. It's pussy time, ladies. It is time to get real dirty, <laughs> nasty, emotional. We're going to get raw. We're going to get real. Yep. And we're going to do it together. Yep. Yep. How Motherhood is messy. It's messy. And it's pretty. And it's lovely. It's yep. nature. Yeah. We yeah. are nature. So nature can be a bitch and give us a hurricane and she can <laughs> give us beautiful poppies and everything in between. And the yeah. in-between process yeah. is I feel like the work. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's what it is. I mean, like we were saying, we have multiple personalities, mm-hmm. multiple identities in this thing called motherhood. It's not just um, my mother, I take care of home, you know, it, we're other things. Yeah. We are so many other things in Sometimes this world. Sometimes I feel like moms feel guilt for wanting to be other things other than moms. Yes. Which I felt yeah. for a while, especially, um, I don't know. Before having kids, I had this whole idea of what kind of mother I was going to be and how I was going to keep hold of this identity that I have, this strong woman. I'm going to be not just a mom. I'm just, I'm going to be a career woman too. I'm going to still, I'm going to have the same exact relationship with my husband. It's not going to, it's going to be untouched. We're going to be great. Yes. Yes, there's this reality, this Instagram, this movie perception that we have. And you and I are old school, new school. We're that generation, you know, we're, I'm first generation U.S. born citizen here, um, you know, and you come from a Filipino background and we have the old world cultural traditions and yet we're in this new world. We're geriatric millennials, which I hate and I love that. We are. We are so, you know, we got a little bit of, of all of them, y'all. We got a little something, something from both worlds, yep. you know. And, yeah. and I think there's that pressure, like you said, to be this tradi- to be this traditional woman to our family that's strong, can handle, and also our our modern feminist world that we were in as well of girl power. And yeah. yes, we can do it. And yeah. yes, we can do it all. And that's where I feel like we can become exhausting sometimes. Yes, we can do it all, even when we kill ourselves for it. Yeah. Even though I think in life we do need that little push every once in a while, but it's 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 exhausting to have to 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 give a hundred percent to all these categories in our lives. You yeah. know what I mean? And and admit it, mm-hmm. admit mm-hmm. that it sucks sometimes. That you feel like you're struggling. It's hard to admit it to people. Yeah. So today we're talking about identity and our identities as mothers after having kids. Yes. Damn, does that shift. Damn. (laughs) I I remember when it was a weird time coming out here to where I live now because I moved down to Southern California from Oakland Mm -hmm. um, a year before I got pregnant. Wow. So we went to, uh, we moved to this town in which we knew no one. It's semi-rural here. Like, our neighbors yes. are not close. I live in a neighborhood where it's all um, older couples, older families. Like, their families, the kids have moved out. 
and I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends out here. And the double whammy to it was that I worked from home. So I never left the house. And then I got pregnant and then I had the baby and I was like, oh my God, I have no one. And on top of that, I didn't realize I was experiencing postpartum depression. Mm. And so I was caved in even more. I was super stressed out at my demanding job. And I felt like all I was was a mom, a milk machine who was never happy. And I felt like my identity is going to be this unhappy milk machine mom and it's never going to end. Yes, and the, those days seem like eternity sometimes. Yeah, right. Even though there's, and, and then there's that guilt. You're like, oh my god, these are, and those, some of those moments are absolutely precious to have. You know, they're they're beautiful moments, but then there are some moments where your biological needs are not even met. So yeah. you're exhausted. You're grumpy. You haven't eaten. You haven't even washed your butt. I mean, there's so many things. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. be honest. If you brush your teeth, you're like, Boo! oh my God. You know? Yeah. I didn't even brush like... my teeth for so much. Well, that was the thing is I, you know, someone posted on Facebook today and I responded to her. She was talking about the realness of postpartum depression. And I think she's looking back at this from a while. And it hit me because I don't typically have regrets or like, if I could go back in time and do this again, I don't typically do that. But that is one of the one times where I feel like if I could, I would have had the knowledge to know what I was experiencing was this depression and gotten help sooner. Because I so did not enjoy the first year of my baby's life. I did not enjoy myself. I didn't enjoy my baby. And I felt really guilty about it. I didn't talk to anybody about it. I didn't like mm, being a mother. I didn't like being a mother. I didn't like going to my work. Um, and it was just the cycle that felt like I, is this it? Yeah. Um, it wasn't your, what they call perceived reality of what you had projected was, was this happy time of having, like you said, having it together Yeah. and, and you didn't experience that and it, you didn't feel like you had the outlet or resources to express it or I'm admit allowed, it. I'm not allowed. To, I was like, I felt like, okay, I'm, there's something wrong with me because I'm not even a, liking being a mother and yeah. that's not something that I could feel like I could say out loud. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing and you feel like you failed. And yeah. You know, it's it, it, it's a real moment. I think a lot of us have those real moments where we feel failed as a human being and as some, a, a part and an identity as a mother, you know, to to be all these perfect things to another human being. So if you feel like, man, I'm not enjoying this, I'm failing, you also have this new little being now that you feel like you're failing because your energy is not up to par. With Do you remember being... when people would be like, how's it going? Well, for me, it'd be like, how's it going? Yeah. And I just felt like, mm, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> no, totally. You know, but I also, I had some, no energy to even think about it. It was just like the oh, great, you know, and I remember also I was super obsessed with having my child sleep, mm. um, which I was successful at, you know, my child, my baby slept 12 hours by 12 weeks. And I was like, if, if I get to that, if I achieve that, then I've succeeded as a mother. Like I'm the mom who did it, you know, and do you think that's because that at the time that was what was kind of the propaganda for motherhood for us at the time was sleep 
Well, because I'm such a person who needs sleep. Oh. And also because I was working 50 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, okay, like I need to go to bed so I can perform at work. Yeah. Um, and yes, there was that too, where it was like, if you got comments from people about, you know, are they my sleeping? baby isn't sleeping so that they spit at you 10 million tips and like, you're doing it wrong. You should yeah. do it this way. You also don't want to be identified as the mom who doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. We never, that's, well, we don't know what we're doing. Well, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> Let's just be fucking real every day. You know, when we decided to talk about this topic, I stopped and I'm like, okay, what is identity? Yeah. What the fuck is identity? Like, yeah. oh, it's who I am. But it, let me just tell you what it is in what, it, what the definition is on the Google. It says identity means the condition of being a certain person or thing. Thing. Okay. Okay. A thing. We're also think conditioning is the process of behavior modification. It's a modification of which a subject comes to associate a desired behavior with the previously unrelated stimulus. Now talk about a mind fuck. So literally it's everything that we experience. We think, okay, we're part of that. So yeah. then when something hasn't even happened yet, we still think we're part of that other experience. Yeah. So it's like, but damn, we're constantly new every day. And we all, and, and, and it and it it's a metamorphosis every day we're going to be something different because we are we are and 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 it's hard to keep up with that sometimes i think like you were saying it's hard to keep up with this big change of having yourself to to work on and process in your own time and then inviting this new this lovely little being that we've wanted to create and 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 it's it's a lot it's a lot to and then you don't have time it's interesting to, to you say the whole metamorphosis because I remember the feeling becoming a mother for the first time, very new, and feeling like this is going to be forever and it's never going to change. Yeah. Remember that doom where you yeah. feel like this is my life forever? Is this my life forever? I don't know. I thought that for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Well, it, it, is a, it is a time. Motherhood is a time of stillness in a way. You have a lot of quiet, still moments when you're a mother. You breastfeed and it's still, and you know, there's reverence there. It's a meditative state almost, mm -hmm. right? Because you're producing this moment with another being. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're putting them to sleep, it's a quiet moment. And you're watching them and observing this. Like my aunt was, my aunt told me, one of my aunts told me that our children are pieces of ourselves walking around the earth. You know, yeah. so in a way that's like all, your identity is attached to this little thing walking around the earth now, you know what I mean? And um, before, like you said, it was just you. You didn't have to share your nutrition, your emotions, your sleep, your, your, your resources. Now it's, your identity is attached to this little being and what they do, what they don't do, how you do it, how you don't do it is all wrapped into this identity of what you want them to become, become and what you want yourself to become. It's, mm -hmm. it's a lot. It is so much. Um, yeah, like our, our mood, our thought, our choices, our physical activity, even when we conceive them, all of that is part of your identity, how you eat, what you do. And, and, it, and it's part of them now, too, right? when they're in you. So it starts there. But what's crazy is that once... They are out in this world and we feel it more now that our kids are a little older. Yeah. Is that they 
they are extensions of us, but at the same time for us to let them be who they are and let them grow and be the humans they are. Yeah. We also have to understand as mothers, they are not extensions of us. You know, yes. they are their own people. They are. Um, and that's a hard thing to grasp too. It is because they were literally in you. They were right. part of your body. They depended on your body, you know, and, and, and certain educational philosophies, it is said that your child literally thinks they are you. They don't even use the word I because they think they are you. They are a part of you, which is very, they're, you know, they don't see themselves as single beings until they're about three, which is a very interesting point for their identity to start then. So, you know, and that's why they say, you know, your childhood stuff gets all messed up. Starts at, starts at age probably three. Yeah. You know, your childhood traumas and things you work on. Yeah. Your identity. I know. Those are the kind of no. my earliest memories, too. Yeah. That's when your identity starts. Yeah. You know, what you're told you are. Yeah. What you're preached you are. What your culture tells you you need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, what you see. It's, 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 it's an amazing little... I don't know. And as a mom, no pressure, right? Your kid's going to be themselves, not themselves, but start seeing themselves as themselves at, at three. And if you did something wrong or whatever, it's like no fucking pressure, right? You fucked that one up. Um, they're, we'll well, they're, 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 out there like, session. you're at the restaurant and your two-year-old is screaming and throwing shit and, you know, doing these things. And there's a nice couple childless couple next to you and they look at you like yeah judging you judging you like do something about your kid it's almost like you feel like your identity is your child and you're responsible for it you know and when a lot of times you don't have control over that you know it's like it's a such a lesson like you you can't control our kids no we cannot we cannot And, and how they think and especially as they grow older they're gonna do their own thing yeah. No, it's 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 an important thing to to remember and grasp and and I think I don't know. Like you I was, you know, on my own in this same rural area, you know, I had no one as well and um I left my career that I worked very hard um to get to and even get to the pay scale that I thought I was worth. I mean, I worked very hard for that. And for me to have to leave, I chose to leave it to be with my child. Mm-hmm. Um which I do not regret. I don't regret that. What came later was very uh, surprising to me. After I left my career five, six months in, I thought, okay, after my uh, honeymoon of being a, mom, a new mom and all that started to kind of subside, not that it, I never stopped loving it, my high, I would say, of mm-hmm. being a mom kind of came down and I was like, okay, now what? I realized me personally needed more and I thought, oh my God, like, what am I going to do now? Like, who am I now? Mm-hmm. I'm not my profession anymore. I'm this. This is where I'm spending my time now. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt a little bit of. I'm sorry. This leaf really oh, loves your fucker. <laughs> no, but I think there's it's, a plant right next no, to it. I'm, I'm nice thinned out. Like it, I'm I'm the I'm the nature bitch, and they just <laughs> they love me. Um, what's I gonna say? So, I don't know. I just I started to feel resentful towards my husband. And yeah. it's not that he, my husband supports me a hundred percent. If I say I want to be a purple unicorn, he'll be the first motherfucker to go out and research how that can happen. He's just <laughs> amazing. He's ahead of the curve. He's completely supportive, but I was jealous of him and resentful because he got to become a parent. His body didn't change. Mm-hmm. His, his body identity didn't change. Um, 
he didn't have to leave his career. He got to keep advancing in his career. And I was at home supporting our household. So I, there was a little bit of resentment for me for a while. And a lot of my conflicts with him came with that. And, um, but then at the end, it was on me, you know, it wasn't on him. It was on me. It was on me. It was my choices that got me to where I, where I was feeling that, but it was up to me to create the work on, okay, well, it's, it's, it's time for me to, to re I don't want to say reinvent, but to find myself at this stage, right. I'm different than I was in middle school. There was a metaphor, like we said, a metamorphosis from middle childhood to middle school, middle school to high school. Those are all the ones we know are going to happen, right? We know we're going to grow up. We know we're going to change. We know they're going to have puberty and then we're going to go to college and college is like this, you know, advertise like this dream. It's fun. You're going to be who you're going to be. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. when you get this grace period of I worked this hard to be here in my 20s. I know what the fuck I'm doing for a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. You know, and then now we're here where we're sitting, you know, and anyway, I when, when did you have this moment of I want to change again? And and I would say it was like, like I said, six months after my daughter, my, my daughter was born. I think that's when it happened for me because um, things got a little too still for me. And yeah. I'm, and I, and I have, oh, that's a good way to look at it. It was still, it was, yeah. it was still in a good way, but I was ready, like the dust settled and I was ready to wipe the surface and be like, what's next? Because did you ever consider going back to your old job? I did. And I got it. I've been offered it like four years in a row after that to yeah. come back. But, um, the time it takes and I'm also a single mom in a way because of my husband's profession, he's a firefighter and he's gone a lot. So I get that aspect of right. being a single mom, but um, because of that and childcare situation, I was not, I didn't see it being a success on my business end or being a mother, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as my profession, I feel like yeah. one of them was going to fail because both of them required hundred percent of me all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the dilemma. I think a lot of us have sometimes is uh, we just do, you feel like you're failing one and you feel like oh. you're failing the other. My dishwasher's going <laughs> Shit's real. Motherhood, <laughs> household things still happening, people. Maybe let me turn multitasking here. Stop. But and I'll get a facial when I open it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. So I don't know. Um yeah. I know, you know, there I remember being on maternity leave and I remember before I had my baby, I was thinking, and I know, you know, every, I feel like every employer has this fear. Is this new mom going to come back? Yeah. You know, because it could swing either way. And I didn't know either. And um, at, through my maternity leave, I thought that maybe I would want to change my mind. But then I, again, like I said earlier, I so did not enjoy having my baby. <laughs> Sounds so weird to say out loud. It, you know, I remember go like breastfeeding my baby, putting her down and like trying to play with her, but I just felt so numb and zombie-like. And I felt like the stillness was so loud mm. in me that I couldn't wait to go back to work. And then I felt this whole new the new level of guilt for the fact that I couldn't wait to go back to work. And it was going back to a job that I didn't even like, mm -hmm. you know, and it was a job that I felt like this false 
um, happiness over because I'm like, I, you know, I don't like this job. However, I should be so lucky because I get to work from home and I get to see my baby while I'm working from home, which Mm -hmm. by the way, like, because, um, I was with clients a lot and I just worked with my coworkers so much, like I couldn't like nurse and, and do work or anything like that. So I still didn't see my baby that much, um, when I went back to work even though I was in the same house. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember feeling like, what am I? If I'm not enjoying being a new mom mm-hmm. and I'm not enjoying my job, what am I? And it made me feel like even more of a weird identity crisis where I'm like, then I feel like I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I was a bad mom and a bad worker or professional. And... I don't know. It was until after like a year, I felt like I was able to come up for air. I think I stopped nursing. I think the hormone shift again too happened Mm -hmm. when I stopped nursing. And then I started seeing a therapist and going on medication. I got a dog. I felt like I needed that. I needed, I felt just like I needed to make way more change for myself to feel normal again and feel like a human again. Um, It takes work. Yeah. Like it takes, first of all, I, like pausing and, and 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 I remember I used to hate when moms would say you need to take times for yourselves. I'm like, how the fuck am I gonna take time for myself? I can't even wipe my ass without an audience. Yeah. Like how the yeah. hell do you pause from a 24/7 job where you know you don't punch in and you're like, all right, time for bedtime. See you, motherfuckers, at 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah. It's real. Now don't wake up in the middle. It's real 24/7. So. It's work. Like, and now, you know, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to get up earlier, even though maybe I didn't get the full, right. You know, yeah. my, I'm like you, my husband makes fun of me all the time. He's like, did you get your 12 hours of sleep in? Like, I love sleep. It just makes me feel good. I yeah. love it. It's just, yeah. I've always been a sleeper. Um, yeah. But you know, it's just, I slept a lot during that first year too. Yeah. I was so depressed. But too. but that's what I mean. So if you're requiring sleep and you have to wake up and be, be on and then yeah. people are telling you, take time for yourself. You're like, I don't have time for my fucking self. I yeah. gotta work. I gotta take care of the yeah. kids. You know, we got our household duties and then on top of that you still have another relationship. Oh my gosh, we didn't even touch up that. You yeah. Know, the relationship years. with our you yeah. know, the relationship the identity and the relationship with your partner yeah. changes. And like I was saying, like with me like I love my, like, I'm try, going to try and embarrass you, honey, but if you're listening, your body's banging, and <laughs> I, you know, have this prime, chiseled, fuckable man, and here, my new ident- my identity before children was, you know, working out with him, very physical, you know, every day. I loved being healthy, you know, I had a thing, in my 20s, I became overweight, and I completely changed my lifestyle, and, you know, I, I wasn't just because of my out, outer beauty or physique. It was internally. I was just feeling yucky. I yeah. needed to change. I had adult acne. I mean, I had no fucking menstrual menstruations twice a year. Like, mm-hmm. the shit had to change for me. Yeah. So, for me, what worked was paleo diet. We started with CrossFit. You know, I started doing yoga. Like, there was all these changes in my life that started coming in slowly. Um, everything started changing for the better. So, you guys worked out together all the time? We do. Like, yeah. that's like our marriage identity. I think it that's was cool. the physical one. Um, but like just going back. So now here I am after pregnancy and I'm like, I feel like I'm back where I was when I was, you know, struggling with my health. I felt like my body was yeah. just, I, I'm like, what is this? Like, first oh of my all, gosh, it's it looked like, like, did you have a little PTSD? Like I had major t- PTSD. Uh-huh. Like I remember looking down at my vagina 
after I had my daughter, I'm like, did someone light a fire down there? <laughs> Fucking oh, busted. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what is yeah. that? Like, yeah. I can see shit. I was afraid to look at it. I know. I was like, what? What? gonna happen like is it gonna go is it like those fucking inflatable dinosaurs you put in the water and then and it's gonna go back to did the red put a mirror down there and look like that or did you just i didn't have to over? put a mirror dude because i had the word like my first pregnancy or my first birth it i had you know like fourth degree tears like yeah. it didn't, it didn't yeah. make my clitoris it was so bad it was like and i had an ice pack i mean i didn't need to look like get down in there i just took a little glance and my fucker was popping out like a little yeah. You know, three like a little succulent. So, uh, so going yeah. back, I was like thinking, I don't ever want to have sex again because I was so embarrassed. Yeah. Like, is my husband gonna think I'm beautiful? Like, he did yeah. see this. So when this one part of your identity before was like attractive, attractive. Yeah, yeah. like I felt attractive to be with him, mm-hmm. and and then now I'm like I'm different. Like literally, my mole that was here is fucking all the way over here. Yeah. You know, everything changed. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now I have to get used to this new thing. That I was thankful for. Don't get me wrong. I think my body for what it produced and what it does, and yeah. I'm thankful for it. But let's be fucking real. We live in Southern California, and shit's real down here. Like there are some yeah. beautiful women, and yeah. we're very, yeah. very health conscious, you we know, are. place. So I was like, man, I'm like, okay. On top of all this, I'm gonna have to work on this, yeah. my mind, my my soul. Yeah. But anyway, like, so sex sucked for me for a while. I I gonna be quite honest. I it hurt first of all for me yeah. for for about a year. And I didn't feel well. What we'll, we'll, we'll do more of the you know? the sexy times. Yeah, but like that's what I'm saying. Better. So yeah. like that identity went to the side. But right. I just I don't know. It I didn't think that was going to be my identity. I didn't think that was going to matter to me after I had a baby. I didn't think that that was going to be way so heavy on me. So I'm thinking about our conversation, and it's funny because we're just bitching. I know. <laughs> but sometimes it's you have bitching. to. The more you bitch, the more you don't have to anymore. Like yeah, you accept exactly. it. Like it's out. Well, it cleaning house. It I was like, yes, we're bitching. However, I think I wrote this quote down. It's from some time management expert that I wrote, read in the New York Times. And she said, You don't become a better parent by not enjoying your life. And I think that, you know, this whole like martyrdom yeah. is a thing and um finding little things totally to totally. enjoy um and i think i had to do a lot of like figuring out the things that i like to do that were not tied to being a mom not tied to being a wife not tied to my job um i think Working out was one thing, and like yeah. going on walks with my dog was yeah. one thing. And you still do that. I still it's do still, that. Still, like eight years later. There. No, yeah. totally. Like, like I think it's true. We're gonna put our violins to the side here, like yeah. you know, or like you said, our bitch fest is over. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening, you're you should you have the you have the right to have a friend, or you can even exactly. bitch with us to, exactly. to do this. Like I think. That's the whole reason we're doing this. Don't yeah. be embarrassed of your faults. Yeah. Let them out. But yeah. there's a gift. There's a gift during this process of feeling like shit. It's a process that that just it just possesses. It'll, it'll create a new strength in you because you've got to kind of accept things and build from there. I know? remember um, 
when my baby shower, I had like a couple baby showers, such nice people throwing multiple baby showers. And I remember people being like, welcome to the club, exactly. you know, and, and it doesn't sit, it didn't sit with me then, you know, but it's so, because we've all been through the thickness. Yeah. There's and a sisterhood. The, it's like, yeah, you there, it's a, it's a club and we initiated ourselves and we yeah. went through the hazing. Yeah. And yeah, no, I'm a proud it's, member. It's a true, true thing. And, you know, we've lost that in our culture, unfortunately, uh, with, you know, when we were tribal people, you know, women helped women when they had babies, like they yeah. were a team. Yeah, they were a team and they knew shit was real. They knew some of us were depressed. They knew some of us needed extra time. Yes. You know, yeah. there was the herbs, there was the rituals. I think that there needs to be some kind of ritual that maybe you do with your friends, you know, like you were just mm -hmm. saying. You know, I had a lovely little motherhood, mothering ceremony. It's important to pause yeah. and, like you said, initiate into this new identity or phase into your life. Yeah. You know? Okay, well, this reminds me. Every one of these, we wanted to do a, a little tip. Mm -hmm. Just the tip. Just the tip. I know you all have heard just that. Just the tip. I know you've heard that shit. <laughs> I'm calling for it. So just the tip. Just that tip, okay. girl. So our tip here is to journal. Yes, she's bringing it on over. Oh, here. Let me get yours. She's got, oh, gosh. No, mine's over here. Mine, mine is that whole fucking stack over there. So so, so you're going to see our different personalities okay, so here. I have five billion journals. Okay, I, I have pieces of fucking paper. I have a planner because I'll have random thoughts. Yeah. And then, honestly, I just got this basic one. Uh -huh. I got this basic one. I don't know. Maybe it says TJ Maxx, three dollars. So there we go. So you know, it it doesn't have the year or anything. It just has the months, and I circle. Yeah. And it's just to me, I, I like the prompting journals. I think they're awesome. Um, for me in this time in my life, I just wanted to journal my day and my raw thoughts. Yeah. Where when I feel when like I it's a great this. way to vomit. It is. It's a good way to internally, like, do your inner exorcism. You know so I have 7 million because I have little ones that I stick in my purse where I'm on the go because I don't like to bust out my phone to write things down because then it's a distraction. And then I'm like, oh, there's a shiny thing on my phone. I'm going to look at that. And then I never write the thing down. No, totally. And then I have other ones, like, these ones that I've stuck in my purse. I have one that has a lock on it. Okay. Because this is where I talk shit about everyone in my family, and then I lock it so they don't know all the things I said about them. So see your identity of your 17-year-old self is still there. I don't give a fuck. I hope someone reads some of this shit. They need to know what's going on. Um, and then, yeah, I just have so many. And I, the reason why I have so many is because I'm lazy, and I just drop them all over my house and in my life, and so I don't have to get up and walk all the way across my house to go get a journal. Oh my God, this bitch needs a conveyor belt. It's like a conveyor <laughs> to, every time I call her, I'm like, can you get this? She's like, it's too far away, I'll do it later. <laughs> I'm like, damn, girl, you need a, you need, yeah. I'll be like, get your ass up, get that thing. <laughs> I love you, Steph. So I guess, you know, our, our tip is, you know, write down your, your stuff. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling like you're not ready to, talk to a friend about it right. quite yet or you're kind of embarrassed it's a good way to pause and really get real with yourself and that honestly is the hardest thing in the world to do is to admit to yourself and deal with this stuff right you know what i mean so journaling is beautiful also 
I think people have made both cases, but I do find after journaling now solidly for like more than a year is that I found most success with handwriting Mm -hmm. versus typing. And the reason why is because with handwriting, we come in with 17 thoughts, but with handwriting, what comes out on the tip of your pen is the most important thought that needs to come out for whatever reason. And it, it helps me focus and just whatever comes out on the page, that's what was meant to be. Not the seven other thoughts that are in my head too. No. And then then you're not looking at it. A blank screen yeah. is so much different than a blank page that you can touch. And yeah, and and there's a sensory yeah. there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's a sensory there. And oh my gosh, and my handwriting is so terrible. Hell no, it's you're so, so no terrible. no, mine's bad. Mine looks like a third grader's. It's yeah. It's pretty, no, my, my dad actually, I grew up with my dad worse. having like being obsessed with our handwriting. So I constantly am like hearing him from wherever he is huh? in the other dimension, <laughs> yelling at me and telling me to erase it and do it again. No, I, I think, yeah, you know, start small, you know, everyone, like, just start small. That that pause that you're trying to fit in could be at the end of your day. It could be at the beginning of your day. If you do have a lunch break, it can yeah. be when your child's asleep in the middle of your day. And check in with yourself. Close yeah. your eyes and be like, how am I doing inside? And I do mine at the very beginning of the day. See, mine's at the end. Yeah. Mine's at the end. I like to reflect my work for the day, but I like, I think they're both great times and mm-hmm. it works, whatever works for you. You know what I mean? Um, I also want to say that, you know, our childhood and our identity and all that good stuff, you know, stop. The pauses don't have to be alone. Your pauses can be with your kids, you know, like pillow fight. Yeah. Pillow fighting is the most present moment you can have with your kids and, and you get a lot of tension out. You know what I'm you saying? You I love just like, play like us all together in the same room but we're not actually doing anything together just we're just together yeah i'll be reading writing i'll be doing something they'll be doing legos and uh, you know it's like we're together but we're doing things independently i love that's my one of my favorite parts yes and i and i'd like to go back to journaling in the middle of the day maybe it's not necessarily journaling journaling but when you first open your eyes and if you have that time I've been, you know, half opening my eyes or just staring maybe at a beautiful cloud or something. I'll open up my window, go back to my bed. But those few moments, I put an intention for my day. Oh, you know, I have these affirmation cards that awesome. I use. Okay. Maybe yeah. we should end with one. Sure. And then I, I just want to, before we end, I want to add that uh, Jana Cortez, she's a PhD psychologist um, from Har- the, Har- the Harvard Business Review. Um they published something she wrote about what we're talking about. And she says to practice communicating values for yourself that are important are ways to cope self-awareness of what the identity you want to have. And also where you want to spend your time. What do you want to spend your time doing? That's also part of helping your identity and figure out that. And then instead of your identity being disruptive, think of it as being expanded. There's room to become more. I thought, damn, that that girl got deep with that. We're allowed to change. We're allowed to. We are going to change. We're yeah. water, for God's sakes. Water yeah. changes all the time. It freezes. It it dehydrates. It yeah. <laughs> does all kinds of things. Yeah. It, you know? So. Okay. All right, girl. We're going to end with some woo-woo shit. Let's do some woo-woo shit. Okay. Is this like just whatever comes up? Yeah. Life supports me in every way. It's pretty good. It is. Okay, you can shuffle or you can take the top one. It says mental. Yeah. 
Today, I will fill my mind with new positive thoughts. Absolutely. When that dirty shit starts to come into your mind, squish it down. <laughs> squish it or down. actually, let it be. Acknowledge it. Yes, I guess you're right. Right? But, it, but, it, but you know, if, yeah. you, if, you can, if you have that negative thought, I would say go to a positive one after that. Yeah. You know, like I always say, you always, even when you're down in shit, there's always something to be grateful for. Maybe you got a shovel to dig it out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's something to be grateful for. But, you know, so far, I think this this is a good way to, to wrap up our first hey, time yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. We love you. I love being with Steph. And um, this is just, we hope we helped start a conversation seed for you and your friends. Take what we said. Don't take what we said. Yeah. You know, if you ended us earlier, fuck you. <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> Nah, we love you guys. We okay. hope you can get some thoughts, cries, and laughs in there. So cool. Till the next. Bye, Bye. motherfucker. <laughs> do you know where your meat comes from? We do. Our sponsor, White Barn Wagyu, guarantees sustainably raised beef. You'll know where your beef comes from and what it was fed. I've been to the ranch many times, and I personally know the family that raised the cattle. You know it's legit because I feed my family of four with this beef. Same. Our family of five has had many meatballs, burgers, steaks, broths, and stocks, and all the delicious beefy meals with White Barn Wagyu. Check them out on whitebarnwagyu.com. Select cuts can be shipped nationwide. Bulk items can be delivered to Southern Arizona and Southern California. We'd like to thank our local and loved sponsor, Sage Yoga Studios in Bonzel and Fallbrook. Vanessa teaches yoga there, and it is tough and fulfilling, and also speaks to your soul. Trust me, I've cursed her and praised her all in one class. Sage is an inclusive yoga studio where all students can meet, learn, and grow. There's classes for meditation, restoration, for a good stretch, and a solid strengthen. For all our listeners in our area, check them out at sageyogastudios.com.